Hello, and welcome to the Totally Clinical podcast, brought to you by Techro. Totally Clinical is a deep dive into the freshest trends, big time challenges, and most excellent triumphs of clinical trials. I'm Hannah, your host. Join me as I chat with industry experts, trailblazers, thought leaders, and most importantly, the people benefiting from clinical research. So tune in, settle back, and don't touch that dial. It's time to get totally clinical. Now this week, we're focusing on a topic that doesn't always get the attention it deserves, bioethics. Not only does bioethics provide the foundations to the medical industry about clinical decision-making, it also plays a key role in policy changes and legislation. There have always been ethical standards in healthcare which have adapted over the decades, reflecting the changes as societies develop largely for the better. And here to explain more about this fascinating subject in depth is Katrina Bramstead, Global Head of Bioethics at Roche. Welcome, Katrina. Could you start by explaining more about your background and what inspired you to get into the industry? I absolutely am passionate uh, about bioethics. I got into the field about 20 years ago when I had just taken a course uh, when I was doing a a bachelor's degree, I guess it was. And I liked it so much. I, I took some more courses, got a master's degree, got a PhD, did a fellowship, and I've worked across several sectors. So academia, I've worked in hospitals as a bioethicist and um, also in industry. And uh, I just love it. It's a lot of fun. It's it's inspiring because uh, I enjoy solving problems and I love helping patients. Could you summarize what bioethics is and why it's so important? Bioethics, uh, some people might think it's like about philosophy and, and there is some philosophy in it. It's It's one of the foundations. But More than that, we look at and we study ethical problems, ethical dilemmas that are connected to the life sciences, health sciences, medicine, things like that. And we try to deconstruct or take apart those problems so we can get to the root core or the root cause and then find solutions. And it's really important in the setting of healthcare and medicine because people's lives are at stake. And even if it's not saving a life, often it has to do with the quality of a person's life. So if there is some sort of bioethical dilemma going on and it's resulting in harm to a patient, well, then we got to get to the root cause of that and get a solution that's ethically appropriate. And I imagine that most pharmaceutical companies should have a bioethics department. I think that they should. I think every pharmaceutical company should have a a bioethics program or an official department. What that does is it puts the people in place, hopefully even at the leadership level, that have a bioethics framework for thinking. They have a bioethics mindset and sensitivity to ethical issues. And that way, too, you can build in ethical constructs to your way of working, whether it's developing product or selling product, whatever it might be. But you do that in a proactive way instead of always reacting to problems. Uh, That's not the best way to work, although we have to be able to do that as well. But ideally, you want to front load and build in ethics into your systems, because if you have ethical behavior, compliant behavior will naturally follow behind that. 
Could you talk me through the ethics consultation process? Ethics consultation involves someone approaching you, and it can be anyone. Uh, It could be, for example, someone uh, at a lower level, like a lab technician. It could be someone at a very high level uh, in an executive role coming to you with a problem or a dilemma that has some sort of ethical component to it, ethical piece to it, and asking you for um, a solution or, or guidance. And what we do as bioethicists is because of our extensive training, we know how to look at a problem or a dilemma. We know how to take it apart into all its various pieces and components, find the root cause, and then identify potential routes to solve it and also give people guidance on paths not to go down so that they avoid getting stuck in the weeds, places that they shouldn't go in the setting of a problem. So we, we sort of keep them on the right side. That, that's, that's basically ethics consultation in a nutshell. Interesting. So it's not just about what to do, it's also about what not to do. And I imagine that considerable challenges must arise during this process. Could you explain more about these? One of the biggest challenges is time, Um, especially if you are working in a reactive way. You may be presented with a situation involving, let's just say, maybe it's a patient uh, and things are urgent. So the, the clock is ticking. And fortunately, they do come to you as an expert, as a bioethicist, and ask for your help. And uh, you're aware, you're cognitively aware of time, but you also still need to do a good and appropriate job. So I'd say time is a big factor in many situations. But there can be other issues, too, like sometimes ethical dilemmas or problems are also twisted and mixed in with things like legal issues or perhaps even a a cultural issue uh, in a setting where uh, something is happening. And so you have to consider um, all the contextual features of a problem, not just, okay, this is the problem. This is why we have to be very careful when we break a problem down so that we are looking through, yes, an ethical lens, but we're cognizant of all the other features that may be part of an ethical problem. How is the topic of bioethics taken into consideration when it comes to patient centricity, for example? Great question. Patient centricity is very much connected to bioethics because, you know, we we want to make products that patients actually need, not products that we think they need or we think might be nice to develop for whatever reason. But you have to have what we call meaningful innovation. What does someone actually need? What's their situation? So we can only find that out by actually reaching out and talking to patients. But of course, when we talk to them, we have to listen to them. And often we bring them into the process of developing new products through what we call co-creation. So we actually bring them to the table. Uh, And they're part of the team in developing new things, new technologies, new products, however it is you want to to call it. But we, we actually bring them to the table. I think it's really important. This ties into the idea of patients as stakeholders. Uh, we've actually written about this at TechCrew before. They are the stakeholder. They're, they're our most important stakeholder. And I, I like to think that when we're working, 
even when a patient isn't in the room with us, that we imagine and we pretend that a patient is in fact in the room with us because that will guide our reflection, that will guide our decisions, it will remind us what we're doing and why we're doing this. If, if we forget about the patient, then we're going to just be on this track of building something, making something. Uh, and that's not what working in the pharmaceutical or even the medical device industry is about. If we think about the topic of influence, are there any international organizations or even individuals that inspire you in your work? Oh, for sure. Uh, there's a great organization in Europe called INRIO, which is the uh, European Network of Research Integrity Offices. And they're staffed with experts um, in the area of research integrity, which is vital to research quality. They give guidance. Uh, they write position papers. They sponsor conferences. Uh, they're, they're really a great group of people that helps us all keep on, keep on the good path for, for building and doing robust research. Also, NIH has a great bioethics department staffed with wonderful people uh, that are very skilled. There's listservs out there that are filled with bioethicists that many of us belong to, and we network together, and that's uh, just a great, great way of uh, having feedback. Of course, confidentiality you always maintain, but nonetheless, uh, they're a great source of inspiration uh, and advice at times. If we think about multinational trials, there are many challenges that can arise because countries have different ethical foundations. How do you approach these obstacles? First of all, let me just say, you do need to do multinational trials. You can't just say, we're going to do trials in the United States or we're going to do trials in one particular fantastic country in Europe. That's not a good way of working for a whole bunch of reasons. But back to your question, as far as the ethical issues and, and challenges, I believe that you can set a baseline, really good ethical foundation that applies globally. What you don't want to do is have sort of a sliding scale of ethics and you lower your standards for one region and you raise your standards for another. What we want is everybody to come up to a baseline standard of ethics where we all agree that we're going to function and adhere to very basic and very important ethical principles. Looking to the future, where do you see bioethics as a practice moving? Well, first of all, I'm seeing more and more regions of the world de de developing ethics training programs, and this is really vital. Uh, people who work in the field of bioethics need a really good doctoral and fellowship training program to, to put them in positions where they have the capacity to help. All right. So that's that's really important. I also see bioethics moving in a more proactive way. So we are fantastic at solving problems. That's that's what we do. And that's a big part of our training. But we absolutely need to have efficiency and workloads and things like that. And to do that, you need to work in a proactive way. And I see more bioethicists seeing the value and the importance and really the need to do proactive bioethics work. I also think that there is an awareness globally and certainly within industry that there are certain areas of medicine that you really have to be cognizant of ethical issues. For example, personalized medicine, neuroethics, 
data ethics and artificial intelligence. And once people embrace this, that yes, we need ethics, it allows us as ethicists to do our work, which is great. To finish, do you have any final thoughts on bioethics for the listeners to take away with them? A general closing statement uh, that, that I always like to remind people and organizations is ethics is a strength. It's not a weakness. It's not a barrier. It's not a hurdle in your organization. And if you really embrace it as a strength, you'll see some real positives and some real benefits. Try to adjust your mindset if maybe you've had sort of a, a dimmer view of ethics because maybe you've had trouble with an ethics committee or something like that. That's only one very tiny, tiny aspect of what bioethics is and what bioethics does. So embrace it as a strength. And that's your dose of Totally Clinical. You can download our podcast on Apple, Spotify, and Google. Please subscribe and leave a rating and review so more people can find the show. See you on your next visit. And remember to bring your friends. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.